welcome him this morning. Great. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, team. Appreciate you guys. Well, it's great to be able to bring the word again this morning. And uh, if you've got a Bible with you, please open up to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't, don't worry. We've got it up on the screen or in your notes. Uh, we're all prepared so you can get the word of God into you today. So Matthew chapter 6, let's read together verses 25 to 27. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Has that worked for anyone so far? <laughs> it goes on in verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Would you pray with me as we look at God's word this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to you as, as kids wanting to hear from Dad. God, would you speak to us? Well, may my words um, be a reflection of your heart towards us. May we catch what you're saying in this passage and uh, learn what it means to see you as our Heavenly Father. We love you and we're, we're so thankful for the gift of grace that we've been singing about, that's been given to us. Thank you for Jesus who died on the cross so we could have life and relationship with you. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if anyone's grown up in a home similar to mine where there's a, a phrase, ask your father. Anyone ever heard that or used that? I think in our home, uh, I, I think Amy uh, uses it conveniently to sidestep or a hospitable pass, you know, kind of ask your father. Sometimes it's because I've genuinely got the answer. Sometimes it's just, it's easier if you just go ask your father, then I don't have to give you the no. Yeah, come on. You know, can, can I have some lollies? Go ask your father. You know, can I, can I stay up? You know, my daughter wants to stay up later to watch MasterChef. Ask your father. You know, JJ wants to go get some Lego from Kmart. Ask your father. You know, there's this kind of this natural thing, you know, kind of ask your father. Ask your father for, for what they need. And uh, most of the time, I'm, I'm good for the answer. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm doing this dadding thing okay. You know, most of the time, I can help my children out. But then there's the times where I don't quite. Get it right. Uh, as Amy said, we've been out, uh, we've been out at the beach, and uh, we're out at One Tree Point, and where the where the sea kind of meets the cliff, there's a whole lot of boulders, and uh, these boulders um, are wonderful to climb on. And so we're out there climbing across these boulders. So we've got JJ, our adventurer. He's six years old, and he's out in front. He's up and down these boulders, climbing up and over. Rosie, she's in the middle, encouraging JJ, go JJ, you can do it, and encouraging Zoe, who's coming along behind, to, to climb up and over the boulders as well. And so, so they're both kind of, you know, everyone's having a good time, and, uh, and, and this is where probably our parenting styles differ in a little bit, uh, and the fact that I kind of encourage my kids to take more and more risks, and Amy says proceed with caution a little bit. Now, I think you need to have both in parenting. I think you need to have that, that come on, take a risk, because if you don't risk anything, you won't achieve anything of greatness. But at the same time, without wisdom and, 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 and concern and care, we can make foolish mistakes and decisions. That's been the story of my life. 
risk and then I make mistakes and it's like, oh, now I've got to take responsibility for my mistakes. So I think a balance is right. And so they're out there and they're climbing and Zoe, she gets to this point where she can't go any further. She can't climb up the next rock and she, she's struggling to get back down the other one. So she's standing there on this rock going, mom, does she call out mom? No, she doesn't call out mom. Dad, help, help dad. And so she's standing on the rock and dad races to the rescue because that's what we do, right dads? We go and we help our kids. So I go and I climb up the rocks and I get to Zoe and I pick her up. And she's picked some flowers for mum, so I'm holding the flowers in one hand, holding Zoe in the other hand, and she's been in bare feet, which Amy said wasn't a good idea. I said, no problem. It won't be a problem. You can see where this is going, right? So I'm climbing up the boulders in bare feet, and I climb down. I've got Zoe in one arm, flowers in the other, take one step, and then I hit the rock that's not stable. And it rolls from underneath my foot, and Amy's just kind of looking up just as I kind of falling down. I've got Zoe in one hand. The, the flowers I drop, got the right one. I kind of hit the, you know, Zoe's okay. Just, you know, she, nothing happened to her. A little graze down her side. I took the full weight on my hip. My foot kind of got caught under a rock. I didn't tell this. I haven't told Amy this yet, actually. But my, my toes, you know, I, who knows? Yeah, they're okay now. They've been sore for the last week. But I kind of hit the ground and I look at Amy and she looks at me and there's no words necessary other than, I'm sorry, babe, you were right. And you know what? I, I, thought, I thought about my parenting and I thought I'd do my very best and yet I fail. Anyone fail in their parenting? Don't quite get it right? Anyone struggle as a husband or a wife or a friend? You know, you, you've got all these wonderful, great intentions to do things right and do things well and to be right with people, and, and yet we make a mistake and we, we, we get it wrong and we hurt people along the way. And I think sometimes we approach our relationship with God like that too. It's like, God, I'm going to be good today. And then we go and do that very thing we said we wouldn't do. And sometimes we can approach God with that same thought that, that we look at God and we, we go, I've failed again. But unfortunately, we sometimes see God the way we see ourselves as parents. So I look at my failures in parenting, and so sometimes I don't trust God like I should because maybe God will let me down as well. And it's kind of the struggle, this wrestle that we can have when we try and uh, superimpose our parenting on God. But we serve a God who is perfect. A God who loves us. A God who has incredible plans and purposes for our life. And if we would surrender ourselves and trust him, what could God do that we haven't even believed could be possible? And I really believe that God is wanting to, he's shifting my, my thought pattern when it comes to seeing him for who he is and for who I am. And we're starting a series next week, The Miracles of Jesus. And I believe in our city, we've yet to see the miraculous, the signs and wonders, the, the supernaturally natural lifestyles lived out day by day. God's kingdom here in Whangarei. I don't think we've seen what is possible. What God could do with a group of people that say, God, I trust you. And you asked me to do that. I can do that. I can go pray for that person. I, I can go speak to that person. I can go love that person. I can give that thing to that person. Imagine us living out God's kingdom in such a way where, where the father says, hey, son, 
I want you to go do this. No problem, Dad. I got it. I'm going to go and do it. With no fear. No fear of failure because God has already set us up. He already knows what we need to do if we would just step out in faith. So in this passage, we're going to learn to ask your father. Ask your father. So Jesus is in the middle of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. What is the Sermon on the Mount? Sermons preached from a mountain. Pretty simple. And so Jesus, some, some would say it's a collection of a, a lot of the, the, the topics that he talked about. But in chapter 5, Jesus begins talking about those who are blessed by God. Blessed are the merciful, the peacemakers, the, the pure, they will see God. It goes on in verse 14 through to 16 about being salt and light, that as disciples of Christ, we're to be examples in our community. People would look at our lives and they wouldn't go, wow, Mike, you're awesome. They'd go, they bypass me and go, God, you're amazing. People would see the way we live our lives and give praise and glory to God. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. Then he goes on and Jesus tackles some pretty big topics. He goes, you, you've heard it said, don't murder. He says, well, well, let me tell you what, actually, if, if there is anger in your heart, hatred towards somebody, you have committed murder in your heart. Then he goes and talks about adultery. He says, you, you've heard you shouldn't co commit adultery, but, but let me tell you this, if, if you have lust in your heart towards somebody else who is not your spouse, You've committed adultery in your heart. These are big topics Jesus is tackling. He talks about divorce, the pain that divorce can cause in a relationship. He talks about offenses, talks about forgiving one another, living in right relationship with each other. This is big stuff. Relationally, God is, Jesus is trying to communicate to those who are following him. But I want us to see that that Jesus, when he references God, when he talks about God, 16 times in this passage, he talks about God the Father. My heavenly Father, our heavenly Father. Not God the judge, not God the ruler, but God the Father. God's heart for humanity is that we would be his kids. The Bible tells us we, we can become his children by accepting Christ's sacrifice. So, so God is saying, I, I want to communicate. Jesus is saying, I want to communicate the heart of a father. God's heart is not that we would be pawns on a chessboard being moved about just to do what he wants us to do. The original intention, God created us to be in relationship with him. He created Adam and Eve. And they worked hard in the garden. Work is something God created for us. Work is something that is good. It's a blessing. It can bless others. But at the, at the, in the evening, God would walk with Adam and Eve. Talks about the cool of the night. They'd go for a walk. They'd talk. They'd listen. They'd listen. They'd talk. They'd have a conversation. That's God's original intention for us. But there was a tree. Well, there were two trees. One of the knowledge of good and evil and one of the tree of life. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, God said they can't touch the tree of life because they will live forever in sin, separated from me. But of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, the desire was to become, in a, a, you know, to, to, to become bigger than God, to, to know like God. God wants us to be in relationship with him, but not above him. God is our father, whom we worship, who we honor. 
But Adam and Eve sought to be on a level with God, very much like Lucifer, an, an angel created by God. And Lucifer saw the praise that, that, that God was getting and went, I want that praise that the angels are giving to God. So he stepped in the middle and says, worship me. God says, not on my watch. And, he's, and he was sent from God's presence because pride, you know, it's, it's kind of like the prodigal son that, that was wasteful with his inheritance, with the father's inheritance, and wandered away. That's what the world system communicates to us. Let's climb to the top. Let's get to the top. But actually, we do rule and reign with God. But he is the king. We reign with him. Not above him, but in relationship with him. God said, have dominion over the earth. What does that mean? It means to be good stewards of what God's made and created. We're to take what God's given us and be a blessing to the world. The gifts that you have, what you have on your life, God is wanting you to use it in such a way that people would go, wow, God, you're incredible. That's how we want to live our lives, in such a way that God would get the glory and the praise. But Jesus talks about God as our Father. The world says, me, 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 I, 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 look what I can build. Who can I climb over to get to the top? Jesus says, serve, serve. And so Jesus, in teaching the basics of life and relationship, he refers to God back to his original heart, the love of a father. You know, for thousands and thousands of years, the sin that had come into humanity had been worked out and the law was given to the people. This is how you obey God. So people tried to follow the law and there was this the sense of following the law would make me right with God. And it does. Righteous, righteousness, you know, the law of God is good. It helps people, it blesses people. But when we see God as this judge and ruler, we don't see him as a father, we, we can miss the heart of God, what the law is actually there for. Amy and I have been doing a Bible reading plan together and reading through Genesis, or through Exodus and Leviticus, there's some heavy stuff in there. There's some big stuff about sin offerings and you're coming to church with a goat on your back. You know, people would know what you've done because of what you're carrying, you know. And that's a massive weight to carry. And if we read the Old Testament without the New, we can miss God's heart. But Jesus was saying in these passages, he's like, I want, I want you to come away from thousands of years of thinking that the law will make you right with God. I want you to see God the Father who loves you, who realizes you'll make a mistake and will love you anyway. Anyone had a child that made a mistake in you and that was it? No, we love our kids. We love our kids. I'm so thankful for a father who loved me through my mistakes. And that's God saying, just come back to me. You made a mistake, just come back. Come and approach me. We're all good. Yeah, let's make things right again. So I want to look at chapter 6 because Jesus kind of picks up on five different aspects of probably our normal day-to-day -day living that I believe if we can, I'm not asking you to tackle all five this week, but pick one. Ask your father, ask God, what's the one thing in these five that I can do to get one step closer in a relationship with God, be one step closer to building God's kingdom here on earth? So number one, our righteous acts, our righteous acts. Matthew 6 verse 1, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. 
If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, Jesus in this passage talked a lot about hypocrites. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Christians are often hypocrites. That's often a word that you'll find associated with each other. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is someone who says this is what you're supposed to do and then goes out and does something completely opposite. Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrite. Don't be like the one that, that does one thing but then does something completely different. Says one thing but does something completely different. How do we make sure our righteous acts are godly, are truly righteous? Ask your father. Ask your father. Ask your father your motives. God, why, why am I doing this? Am I doing this so I can get the praise of somebody else? Am I doing this so somebody can say, Mike, you're so kind. You're so generous. You are the nicest person in the world. Is, is, is that my motive for doing it? Or am I doing it because I know that's the right thing to do? And because my father, dad said, hey, Mike, I want you to go bless that person. That's what I love about kind of that uh, anonymous generosity where you can just slip somebody something and they don't even know you've given it to them. You know, in such a way that they, because they don't know who to thank. So who do they thank? God. Thank you, God, for the blessing. Otherwise, they might think the blessing came from us. But it's a blessing that's come through us as a blessing to somebody else. You know, Jesus says, do your giving undercover. It's like, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's giving. It's kind of like this undercover giving. It's like, what do you do? I'm not telling. (laughs) Can't even tell your right hand what you've done. So that nobody gets the glory except God. How amazing would that be if that was our living, our righteous acts? Number two, Jesus talks about our prayer. Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room. Another says closet. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now again, you know, in this passage, the hypocrites come under fire again about those ones that would have these big, long, lengthy prayers. And you know what? If you are eloquent in your language and your prayers to God, that is awesome. Don't stop being that person. Okay? Sometimes you know, people that pray beautifully go, oh, hold on, but I love to pray that way. Keep praying. Because it's coming out of your heart. It's coming out of the goodness of your heart. It's coming out of your relationship with God. We need those prayers as well. But when you're praying them just to make an impression, to impress people, that's where the prayers are wrong. That's what God's saying. And if all you've got is God, I think your choice. And, and, and that's the best you've got. God, I think you're amazing. And I've got nothing left. Pray that. Because it's coming out of the, 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 the overflow of what's inside of us. Don't put on a show, but just pray with, with genuine. Use the language you would, you would use some, with somebody else and honor God when we pray. And you know, Jesus you know, talks about it. It's, it's not a when. It's not an if. It's a when. When you pray, meaning that it's a, it's a regular occurrence. And uh, he, he breaks it down. He, he has this, what's known now as the Lord's Prayer. Now, this wouldn't have been how Jesus prayed. I don't think he would have woken up every morning and said, our Father, my Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I don't, I don't think that's how he would have necessarily prayed. But what he was saying is, this is a structure or a system, a way of praying so you make sure you connect with God in the right way. And, and there's seven things that kind of jump out at me. Connect, number one, our Father in heaven, we have to connect relationally with God. The first thing we need to do is connect relationally with God. In the morning, my Zoe, she's, she's got this clock that wakes her up at 7 o'clock. 
it works once or twice. Most of the time it doesn't. It's somewhere before seven. But as long as there's a six in front of the number, we're okay with that generally. But Zoe will, will, will hear the door kind of open a little bit and she'll just kind of stick her head out. And, and I can see her from my bed and she can see me. And, and, and it's like she's sheepishly approaching. It's like, are we good? Can I, can I come? You know? And I'm like, if she gets this, she can come. If she gets that, it means she can't. I haven't given her that one yet. That's pretty cool, eh? Maybe one day. But I'm like, come. And immediately her face brightens. What's she doing? She's approaching her father relationally. What does she get? She gets the biggest cuddle. She gets a smile. She gets her father saying, I love you. Hope you had a good sleep. We're going to have an awesome day today. And that's how we approach God. Relationally, we connect to God as our Father, first of all. Secondly, we worship Him. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. We we give God honor and praise because He is holy. He's not our best friend. Okay? We we don't treat Him as as a friend on an equal level. He is our God who's holy and worthy to be prayed. He is a friend, absolutely. But you hear what I'm saying? It's not, it's not a, a banter kind of a relationship. We're talking a God who is holy, who we love and we honor. That's the relationship we're to have. Then it, then it talks about your kingdom come, your will be done. Number three, we've got to pray God's agenda first. We've got to pray his will, not mine. You know, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Now give me my stuff. That's not the way we approach it, Right? We pray his agenda because in his agenda, we begin to pray into his kingdom. We pray God's will. You start praying God's will. Oh, you watch things change around you. You start to pray the things that are on his heart to pray. And when you pray this, pray with a notepad. Start to write down the things you feel God. You know, maybe you just go, oh, I need to talk to that person. Or I need to pray into this or I need to speak into that. And you watch things start to shift. Number four, we need to then depend on God for our needs. Give us today our daily bread. Notice it's daily. How many people eat most days of the week? Yeah? They were at a conference and one of the pastors said they had had somebody come and say, oh, I'm not getting fed in this church. It's like, well, I'd go hungry if I only ate once a week too. Don't come to church for your Bible reading. Yeah, we get to open it daily. How cool is that? Every day we can open the Word of God and God will give us something, a meal that we need that will help us through our day. So we go to God for our daily bread. Number five, get my heart right with God and people. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Is it, is it, as you're in prayer with God, is it, oh, that person, oh, I don't think our relationship's quite right. What are we going to do about it? Going to make that phone call. Hey, can we catch up? Got to have a chat. Got to talk about something. You know, in that moment, it's like, I want to live offense-free. I don't want to live with offense in my heart towards people. God's saying, would you forgive others as, as they forgive you? Number six, we need to recognize who fights our battles for us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God is the one who fights our battle. We, we, we win when we surrender to God. And sometimes he asks us to do something. And sometimes he just asks us to stand or kneel. But there's some battles that we can't fight, but in surrender and total trust, God will fight the battle for us. Number seven, we declare our commitment to God's kingdom. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Great way to finish a prayer, isn't it?
that my God's kingdom come and become real in our midst. Not this thing that we're thinking of or believing for when we die and go to heaven, but no, no, God's kingdom here on earth in our presence. So number three, our fasting. So we talk about our prayer, our righteous acts, our prayer, our fasting. It's not a misprint. It's not feasting. I hope we don't get to heaven and find out it was actually prayer and feasting. It's fasting. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Fasting, I'm going to be honest, is one of my least favorite spiritual disciplines. I like food. Anyone else like food? Food is good. We like food. So why fast? What's the importance of fasting? Well, there was a situation where the disciples were trying to cast out a demon in Matthew 17. And they just thought they'd go with the formula out in Jesus' name, you know, or whatever they said. And it didn't happen. And they were perplexed. Jesus turns up and he has this criticism in Matthew 17, 17. It says, oh, believing and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay here with you? It's like he tells them off. And then he proceeds to cast out the demon, speaks about faith. That if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And then he makes this interesting statement. He says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, I love what Chris Hodges says. He talks about unbelieving means we are not connected to God. The unbelieving generation was not connected to God. Perverse means too connected to the world. So we, we're not connected to God because we're too connected to the world. Jesus says, the only way you get around this is how? Prayer and fasting. When we pray, we connect to God. When we fast, we disconnect from the world. So when we pray and we fast, we are saying, God, I want to believe with a new faith level that says when I pray, you hear me and I will hear from you. But in order to do that, we have to disconnect from the noise. If I wake up in the morning and I'm straight to the herald, if I wake up in the morning and the very first thing I do is check my work emails, if I wake up in the morning and I'm going straight to social media, I'm too connected to the world. But if I wake up in the morning, I say, good morning, Dad. Good morning, Heavenly Father. What's our plan? What do you want me to do today? Anything we need to disconnect from? Maybe there's some challenge there for all of us. What could you cut off from your world so you can hear God better and ask your father? <laughs> Number four, our money. Matthew 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And Jesus challenged the, the disciples about, about their pursuit of wealth. Money's not bad. I love cars and houses and clothes and food and all those things are wonderful. But can we ask our Father and say, Heavenly Father, what is it that I actually need? And what don't I need that I could actually use to build your kingdom with? Now, God will provide all the things we need if we would seek Him and put Him first. I... I the investment Jesus talks about was investing into the next generation or, you know, what will you have as an eternal inheritance, an eternal reward? And I just think of the business people in this church. 
I've I got a friend that I meet with who, who is generous with his time. This is somebody who over decades has built a successful business, employing many, many people, giving incredible advice to businesses all over the city and around the world. This person is so generous with his time to me because I want to learn. I want to grow because, you know, church is kind of business as well. There's people and there's money and there's, there's lots of different things involved in, in being in church leadership. And so I've got to grow. I've got to learn. I've got to make sure that I'm making good decisions. And so he speaks into my world. He's sowing things into me that will help me be a better leader. And when you think about a kingdom investment, will it go beyond you? Is it something that will just bless you or is it something that will go into the generations to come? Maybe some of you are hitting the, your twilight years. You're enjoying the, the, you know, a, a wealth of wisdom. What are you doing with that wisdom? Is it time to tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, can I take you out for coffee? Can, can, can I speak into your world? I see you're just starting a new business. Can, can I share some of my mistakes that might help you not make those same mistakes? You know, could we be people that would invest in the next generation financially and also with our, with our heart investment? And lastly, as the team come, well, just, just before there, you know, when we ask our Father about the things we need, you know, when we make a commitment to build into God's kingdom, just remember his investment portfolio is slightly better than the return I'm getting on my KiwiSaver. You know, I'm, I'm thankful you know, for the percentage that I'm getting. That's great. But I like the 30-fold, the 60-fold, the 100-fold kind of response that you get when you invest into things that God is interested in and that God is going to be prepared to bless. That's the kind of market I want to put my investment into, into God's kingdom that will actually see a true return. And lastly, our needs. So do not worry saying, what, what shall we eat? What, what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And this is where I, I want to I land this morning. Uh, you know, we, we went away to conference and a number of us you know, from here went, went away to conference and I'm always going there um, looking for the one thing that God's going to speak to me about. There's a hundred things you could take away from a conference and if you try and apply all of them, it's just too hard. But God will always speak to me about one thing. And most of the time it's confirmed by conversations with other people who heard the same thing. Something that we would bring back corporately. You know what God showed us? Show me. It's time to ask our Father. Time to ask our Father for the things that He's interested in. Not my will, but His be done. And how do we do that? I think we've got to get together and pray. Corporately, together. You know, a number of people have been speaking this into my world and, you know, we're going to do it. You know, on Wednesday afternoons, you know, for this next season through to Christmas, 5.30 here in the auditorium, we're going to pray. You're welcome to join us. Bring your family. Come. You know, as a family, we're going to choose. We're going to fast. You know, our kids have already said they're going to fast any, any media. So no TV, no, no games, no apps, no nothing. So on a Wednesday, that's, that's how they're going to fast. I don't suggest that kids fast food. Yeah, they need to grow. That's, I don't think that needs to be a, a thing, but maybe fast sugar or something. Yeah. But we're making that decision that we're going to put God first and together corporately. If you can make it, come and join us, 5.30. What are we going to do? We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. 
We're just going to go through how Jesus taught us to pray. We're going to connect with God relationally. You know, we're going to, we're going to honor God with some worship. And we're going to seek His will, His purpose, His kingdom. We're going to ask Him for the things we need. If somebody's got a need, we're going to pray for healing, breakthrough, signs and wonders. We're going to pray for provision. Imagine what would happen if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. 1 Chronicles 7.14. The song, Ren, that was, was written, and we've been singing the last couple of weeks, was based from that scripture there. What would happen if we would humble ourselves and pray, seek His face, turn from our wicked ways? The Bible tells us He's going to hear from heaven. He's going to visit us with His presence. That's kingdom come. I just believe if we can learn to ask our Father, <laughs> what a difference that could make in every part of our world. Yeah, this morning, I, I, I believe there's people here that you're saying, well, I don't have a relationship with God as my Father like you're describing. The Bible tells us that, that we can all have that relationship with Him. But the reality is there is a separation, and the separation in relationship is because of sin. Sin is my pride, me wanting to do things my own way, but God has a plan and a purpose for our life, and that's to be in relationship with Him. And you might be here today saying, I don't have that relationship. Well, God's plan was that He would give His Son, Jesus, His very best, to die on a cross, to die a death that He didn't deserve, so that you and I could have a relationship with Him. We wouldn't have to bring our goat to church to make things right with him. But we would come as a, as a child to a father saying, God, I messed up. Please forgive me. Every time my child has come to me, even as an earthly father who messes up, I'm going, of course I forgive you. I love you. Heavenly Father, so much more gracious than me. His grace is never ending. And I want to give the invitation for anyone who feels that distant from God. Maybe you haven't been walking with Him and you know you've got to get your life right with Him. Maybe for the very first time you need to acknowledge that you want God as your Father. Receive the forgiveness of Christ in your life. With every head bowed and eye closed, I'm going to pray a prayer. and I, We're all going to pray it together as a family. And maybe you're going to pray this for the first time. Maybe you're going to be coming back to God, saying, God, I've got to get my relationship right with you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love for me. Thank you that though I was far off, you came close to me. You made a way for me to be right with you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for paying a price I couldn't pay. I receive your gift of salvation. I'm sorry for living life my own way. And I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're recommitting your life to God, we want to connect with you after the service. Just with every head bowed and eye closed, we want to know who you are so we can connect with you. We can have a conversation. We can help you, maybe get you in a small group, get you connected. Start that journey with God. If that was you and you prayed that prayer, with every head bowed and eye closed, would you do something brave and just slip your hand up right now? Say, yeah, that's me. 
I committed my life back to God or maybe for the very first time. Anyone here this morning saying, yes, I've made that commitment. I want to take that next step. Thank you. Over the back. That's wonderful. Thank you. Anyone else this morning saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer for the first time. Maybe coming back to God. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. God, I thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your gift of salvation freely given to us, that we receive it. God, thank you for these people who have made this decision to follow you. God, I pray for strength and courage. May they know your presence in every step that they take. May they get connected with others that can help them walk the journey. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pass you back to Amy as she closes the service. What an amazing message.